We're back again with another episode of the First Issue Club podcast. We're the weekly comic book podcast that keeps you apprised to all the relevant good news coming out about comics, but most specifically, first issues. They're your gateway into the experience as a whole, a threshold to pass into new stories, and what's more exciting than dipping your toes in a new adventure. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. Literally nothing. By the way, I'm Mike DeStacy. Oh, and I'm Budgie King. And that's Budgie King. We're without the lick tags again. No Caitlin or Greg. They're in moving hell. They are. My tip to everyone, hire movers. You only live once. Yep. You're going to, if you move yourself, you're taking off a year of your life. Yeah. It's worse than smoking. Don't ask your friends to move for you. <laughs> it's You're too old for that. You are too old for that. It even sucks. Even if you're 16. Your friends resent you. Yeah. If you're 16 and you're moving out of your house because you're mad at mom and dad, hire a mover. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows where they're going to move your stuff to because you've got no place to go, <laughs> but hire them. Yeah. You give, can figure out the money later. Give movers a job. A lot of them take cash at the end. That's how they prefer to be paid. So they'll do the work without getting paid up front. Yeah. You, <laughs> then what? Are you are you suggesting dining and dashing movers? <laughs> kind of. If you're 16. Well, the thing is they know where you're going to be staying for a little bit at least. They, yeah, yeah. They probably then just moved their your stuff that they just moved into their into their car. <laughs> However much they can fit into their uh, four door sedan. Hey, what uh, what books are we covering today? <laughs> this week we're getting into getting it together on Image Comics and American Ronin on AWA's imprint Upshot. Very excited about those. First, we're gonna hit you with some comic book news. Couple fat boys came out this week. Big fat boys. Some landmark issues. We've got Amazing Spider-Man 850. This always bothers me with some of the legacy numbering. Oh, yeah. Because it's actually like Spider-Man number 49 in this run. And then they're making a huge deal out of 850. But they're double dipping with the next issue, man. You're going to hit us with a Amazing Spider-Man 50. Do people? The next issue that comes out. Do normal people care about 50s? I. They're always treated like... A landmark issue with like extra covers and stuff okay. like that. But I think that's just a way to make money. People really care about the double zeros though. The eight hundreds and yeah. the nine hundreds. Thousands. Can you imagine Spider Man's at a thousand? You'll probably take off work. Will that be the first Marvel comic to like actually legacy numbering hit one thousand? So what was Marvel one thousand then? <laughs> Marvel one thousand was nothing. There's no like Marvel comic <laughs> book. There's probably a book that's made it further, I bet. But I don't know what it was. Well, the thing is, Fantastic Four was probably, but there were some hiatuses there. So yeah. I don't know. They might have fallen behind. Amazing Spider-Man's always gone on. Mm-hmm. So? That's my old man qualm with Spider-Man <laughs> 850. Thanks for that. Very old head take. <laughs> um, Batman 100 was the other big yes. one that came out this 100. week. Hundo. Um, but that was a really fun read. That was the conclusion to Joker War by James Tinian. We've been loving that run. It was an exciting end to the series. But I'll say, same old Batman, same old Joker. No major repercussions that I can be like, oh, rad. While we were going through, there was like a long Joker monologue through the middle of it. And I was like, oh shit, something major is about to happen. And the crux of the story, if you don't mind me kind of spoiling it. Please do. Is that Harley Quinn decides to put Bruce Wayne in a situation 
wherein he has to save either her or the Joker. She strapped bombs Whoa. to the two of them. Okay. And she takes off running. And she's like, I know it's in your DNA to save somebody. Very Harley Quinn. Save me then. I love that. You've got time to save one of us, right? Was there a first appearance in the book? Very briefly. I would count it as a cameo. Okay. Ghostmaker makes like a very brief appearance. And he's just another in like villain. An epilogue. He claims to be like the next hero of Gotham, but like that's what every Gotham villain right. says. Okay. <laughs> so it could go either way. Is James Tinian going to stay on the run after this? Yes, okay. he is. And so uh, would you say Joker Wars is going to be remembered as one of the uh, of runs that's highly talked about for Batman runs? Yeah, I think just because it introduced and got rolling with Punchline. Yeah. Otherwise, and outside of that, I mean, great run among the many Batman great runs, but nothing that stuck out to it to make it like a legendary thing. Right. Outside of Punchline, okay. in my opinion. We've got other news. Yeah. So New York Comic Con is happening this week. Mm -hmm. When this comes out, it will have happened, but I'm going to tell you about some of the panels that are going on at Comic Con. Okay. I've been to New York Comic Con three times. It's great, and I feel like they're really doing this digital version of it pretty big. or They're they're trying to, at least. We've seen a couple digital conventions leading up to this that have, in my opinion, fell a little flat for me. Yes. I think what New York Comic Con learned a little bit is that they'll break the news on Twitter, but you can't really do it in the same way that like you get the live reactions from people. Right. It's just not, there's never any good live reactions. So just make it watchable, watchworthy, mm-hmm. and, and then that's where you'll get a really good uh, New York Comic Con, right. I, is what I think, I guess. Mm-hmm. But here's some stuff that's going to happen. The Sandman that got released on Audible by DC is going to have a live read. With Neil Gaiman. How much, like he's just going to do an excerpt of it? I guess they'll just do it because it's the way that it's also done in Audible. They'll just do it live. Weird. So they've got characters playing different parts in the yeah. Audible read. I listen it's to it. It's not just a single reader. Yes. Interesting. It's, okay. it's like an audio play. And mm-hmm. I listened to it. And that was jarring to me being a big audiobook fiend. I didn't actually like the play nature of it. Yeah. It's not typically like that. When you read an listen to an audio book i always say read whatever same i difference. say read You're too c- yeah. consuming a book right. it's fine is it that much worse do I, I should i get dinged that all the books i read are actually on audible there are so many elitists that ha- take issue with people listening to a book you're consuming knowledge and entertainment in a way that's conducive to right 2020 lifestyle i read enough blogs and bullshit a day to to equal a book who cares if you're <laughs> destroying trees in the process you know what i mean they, i'm this take needs to be hotter i love that take mm-hmm. people should stop being me so that happens same same one's gonna be a read here's the thing they could play the audiobook and lip sync it and nobody would know the difference <laughs> <laughs> so think of the amount of talent it's just neil gaiman being like watermelon water <laughs> watermelon watermelon <laughs> I'm sure they'll do some Q&A with Neil Gaiman and stuff like that. Okay. Does everyone get the watermelon reference? Everyone knows that. Um, it's a church choir thing that you say when, If you like, don't know the lyrics. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think people know that. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there's a lot of, like, uh, animation releases that mm-hmm. they're going to, like, talk about. Um, so they're going to show um, Invincible for the first time, I think. Oh, very cool. Uh, Jurassic World, which is an animation that's getting a show. I didn't know that. Um, or I don't want to say cartoon. Animated series. There we go. I hope it's for kids. 
it seems like it is. It looks like it is. It better be. Yeah. And then, okay, this is an interesting thing that I kind of just wanted to hit you up with. Do you remember when we went to C2E2 and literally before every single show was this like loud, insane looking, it's like an American anime show named Kipo? Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> <And> <laughs> they like, must have paid so much money oh for my the God. crazy amount of press it got. We probably saw the preview for that a hundred times. Yeah. I went and watched it. Did you? I never saw it. I loved it. it it's like a really good show. So they're going to show season two of it. And it's like kind of even hard to explain. But essentially a, po- a post-apocalyptic world, which I'm a big fan of. Yeah. Um, and just crazy stuff happens. So All right. we're seeing. Okay. Are you <laughs> are you familiar with this thing called Fall Guys? This is. Can I just stop and say this is so fun for me to just be like <laughs> battered with uh, news hits one after another rapid fire like this, this is, is how, our, this is the kind of content i want it i love i well, this is the content i like to bring audience <laughs> people i'm excited for you this is just like a blast for me yeah we should have a contest where somebody gets to fly in and we just news hit them oh they're gonna love that <laughs> you send us your cell phone first yes you send it to us in the mail and then we send you a plane ticket <laughs> that way you're not consuming any news and by the time you get to us it's going to be just Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna die. Yeah, like you're they, gonna be drowning. It'll be better than an orgasm, I have to imagine for them. Yeah. So back to news. This, yeah, this comic is, books. This is good takes so though for people. Mm-hmm. They want to know. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with what Fall Guys is? Do you know? Have you heard about the, I don't the think video so. game? It's this epic video game where um, I think a hundred people get in, and eventually, like you're just platforming, uh-huh. and one person lives, right? And a bunch of Twitch streamers just like went all over this, and it went like fucking nuts. And it's really fun to watch. It sounds fun because there's not potential for a ton of people to be like really great at it. You right. know what I mean? So there was a guy, a Twitch streamer, that was like got a beta and was like. I don't know, seemingly good at it, at least streamed at it, and he never won for, like, ever, and he finally won, and Twitter just lit up with, like, it finally happened, (laughs) and he goes crazy, like, seems like he's gonna cry, and everybody's, like, sincerely, like, congratulating him. Oh, I watched this thing the other day where a guy did a time record. Have you seen the, like, speed speed runs? Yeah. Where, like, People take advantage of glitches in the game. And oh, they... there's a whole, like, um, there's a fundraiser that happens, I think, yearly. Is there? Where just, like, these, it's seemingly these, like, kids have yeah. played this game all year <laughs> to do, like, uh, a Donkey Kong Country 3 run yeah. in, like, 18 minutes. Yes. I watched a video the other day of a guy beating Super Mario 64 in, like, six and a half minutes. Oh. And just, like, his reaction and... The comments that were like popping up at the bottom of the screen that were just like, oh my God, like way to go, dude. I watched this is making me like smile so big. It's so much fun. I watched um, the Diddy Kong Racing, which doesn't seem like it would be that fun. I barely even remember that game. It was like a Mario Kart ripoff. Yeah. Just trying to like pour it. But apparently, like each level has a glitch break where you just like run your plane or your hovercraft into the wall and Uh you just like, you just see gray screens until you finish. Fun. It was oddly <laughs> satisfying. Um, so Fall Guys is gonna have like a, a Twitch <laughs> like, thing. Where were we? I'm glad you're keeping track. Yeah. I was gonna say that's cool that they are still having events that you can actually interact with right. as part of the Comic Con. They've had the chance to see other Comic Cons try to do virtual and fail. Like this is what's coming out of the world we're in. It seems like it's gonna be a little bit better than SDCC. Yeah. So I 
I, I would bet so. And and New York Comic Con has always been this. They said, you know, SDCC is like the where movies shit happens, mm-hmm. like the the big movie drops, especially like Avengers and 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 then just big news. New York Comic Con is like we're gonna do everything else. They're really good at TV shit. They're really good at video game stuff, yeah. and they do a lot of comic stuff, like right. really good comic stuff. So, it's pick your bag. All right, we have we have done the news. We cooked the news. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> Let's get this podcast started. 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 First comic up for us to discuss today is Getting It Together on Image Comics. It was co-created and co-written by Omar Spahi and Sina Grace. Quite a duo. I think they've been longtime friends. Omar Spahi wrote for TV animation and a handful of comic books. Sina Grace, club favorite. I love Sina Grace. I've already tweeted at him, and he already liked the tweet hey, beforehand. So. Doesn't that like, tickle some part of your brain where you're just like, someone I'm a fan <laughs> of liked a thing? Yeah, he's oh, he's so great. And this is the perfect comic for him to write. Oh, it was so good. Uh, well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Sorry, yes, yes. Sir. In this comic, we've got a lead. His name is Jack, and he's basically trying to navigate tensions between his best friend and his sister who have just broken up. For me... It was personally super refreshing to read something that, like, wasn't high sci-fi or superhero or anything. This was like reading... Scott Pilgrim for adults? Less so. This was like reading, like, a, a script for an episode of Sex in the City. Right. Or, or it's like friends who actually have sex. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> friends with sex. Yeah. So, which, which leads me to, like, some of the covers for the book were homages to TV shows. Like yeah. the A cover was the group in front of like a fountain with umbrellas, right? Which I think is a Friends reference. Yeah, right. And then did you see that Cinna Grace also drew a version of it? Mm-mm, no. In, in the back it shows his version of the cover, Got even it. though they had a variant cover. Kevin so. Wada did the variant cover. Okay. I'm a huge fan of his, so. It was it was very designed. I had to get that high B design. cover, baby. This is just straightforward friends fucking and figuring out their 20s. Yeah, great modern relationship stuff. I love that Cena Grace is well known for bringing in LGBTQ characters into his comics. And one big compliment that we always give comic book writers is when that feels really natural. When Cena Grace writes a gay character like Iceman and things like that, and I just am always like, this feels like an actual queer person that I would meet. And it's the exact thing that we talked about last week with Shang-Chi, that we didn't want Jeff, who grew up in Des Moines his entire life, writing about the Asian-American experience. Right. Like, when you can have LGBTQ writers writing about the gay American experience and modern relationships and the trans experience and all those things in a real and natural way that makes you connect with the characters, you're always going to benefit from that. And it this is getting way in because I'm a big Santa Grace fan. Yeah. He writes the multiple layers of the gay experience mm-hmm. too. Like um, in Burn the Orphanage, there's a really lovable like bear yeah. uh, that just is like awesome. <laughs> and it's like, I just, I, yeah. So when he was on this book, I was just like, yep. Yep. 
he he's a quirky, fun writer. Mm-hmm. I do want to say too, and maybe we're staying on this topic too long, but it's I think it's important that any creators are putting diversity uh, diversity into comic books. That's great. Um, I I don't want to make it sound like I think. If you're straight, you no. don't have a license to include or create. You actually should still be characters. doing that. Yeah, you should still be doing that. But there's benefit to be had from broadening your horizons and reading independent books with perspectives of those characters written by people who've lived those lives. Right. That's that's kind of the essence of what I'm trying to get at, and and that's what I felt in reading this book that the gay characters weren't used as a device to say. They're different, you know. You know what I mean. Or like a gotcha. Like, yes. It like w- turns out they were gay the whole time. Like, yeah. That reveal is getting very old and tight. Tight. Yeah, it is. It, I I think it's going away. I think so too. So one thing in this book that um is awesome is there's a reference to sounding. Do you have you did you know what that was? No, I didn't. Okay, so so I, I'm already learning. <laughs> And I've I, got some stuff to try. I did, but I was calling it the wrong thing. Oh, okay. I was calling it noodling. <laughs> noodling. <laughs> because I like your name for it better. Well, here's this is how naive I am. So sounding is I believe where you are sticking something up your urethra yes. or, or into your urethra um for pleasure. Yeah. I thought somebody once told me that like a dry noodle, <laughs> like a spaghetti noodle. <laughs> would be a good thing to use for that yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah. there's no way because it's it, it would, would break break off and shit right yeah. so um i was i got educated that um i knew that it had an ing in it i was just the wrong word was placed there <laughs> when i heard sounding and they explained what it was i was imagining like you know like a trumpet oh yeah, where yeah you're yeah. going like in and out oh with, yeah like yeah a horn yeah that's what I pictured. That's why I'm assuming it's called sounding. You play it like it's a little trumpet. <laughs> okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, but they made it. Okay. Although it's funny the way they talk about it, they're not like shaming it, which I love. It's, no. It's it, like a sex positive thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Um, they, they did have a conversation surrounding like consent in that. Yeah. That like somebody was sounding when I woke up and it was someone that I was in a relationship with, but it just didn't feel like appropriate that i wasn't part of it that story snowballs into something that you find out like there's another side to the story and then that's really interesting and i love this comic to the point that i was even like assessing like is this the actual comic book that i always want like that i like love when i put it down i was like wow i haven't read a comic book like this in a minute i know we say that every once in a while but it just seemed like its own different thing, and it was so refreshing. It was that, and one of the beauties of it for me was in the end, the main character has this redemption, and he does, like, not what you think he's going to do. Yeah. And I think that, like, it made me fall in love with the main character, and I hadn't up until that moment. Yes. And it just was, like, poetic character development. The way it ended, I was like, wow, the sweetness of this moment makes me want to buy... The next issue instead of a trite cliffhanger that's going to go nowhere right and i also like being in my mid-30s yeah. looking at my 20s there is a level of nostalgia there mm. that are awesome isn't it interesting that even as white cisgendered men that we can look at something like this now and say like i see so much of my 20s in this totally yeah that like our parents generation i think and even if you asked me like 15 years ago 
when I was graduating high school, would I connect with a comic where the lead is a gay character? I don't think that I would. And now, like, I see so much of myself in these characters and yeah, look right past that stuff. I think love was captured, written, yes. like the, the loving experience of exactly romance right. and stuff. So it was great. There's the design of, I love this move towards immersive design. There's mm-hmm. a, a playlist to listen to. And then there's even a band camp for the main band, which is the best n- band name ever, Nip Slip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that has actual music there that uh-huh. you can go and listen to. So um, I think you can even get a Nip Slip shirt, which if that's the case, I'm definitely buying a Nip Slip shirt. It's very cool. Yeah. Right, right up my alley. <laughs> right, it goes right well with my mannequin pussy shirt that I wear. <laughs> What is mannequin pussy? Uh, it's like an indie rock band, but is I'll tell it? you what: picking up your three-year-old daughter at school with a mannequin <laughs> pussy does not get you a lot of uh, brownie points. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the idea of going to concerts and shows and drama between your friends that are in bands—like, so much fun there. I love. Oh that. yeah, and it—and that's something that you and I share. Right. Was um in and out of bands, or I record label you were actually in bands yeah um and so that was our world and there was lots of uh yeah random fucking going on mm-hmm. and people hiding that and figuring that out yep. and now they're those people are married with kids and stuff and hopefully this book goes all the way to that i want this book to follow these people into their 30s yeah i hope it goes for years and years this needs to beat spider-man 850 <laughs> Spider-Man stopping today. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to give this book, what, 60 years? 45? I guess, 45-ish yeah. 45-ish years 45 to catch years, up to that? 45 years of getting it together. Okay. Starting now. I'll and take we, it. And we both own the first issue. But fuck us, we bought the B cover. Yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you can't tell, we like this book. <laughs> yeah. Loved it. You should read it. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Next up, we are going to be talking about American Ronin out on AWA Imprint Upshot. If you're not familiar with AWA Upshot, every AWA book seems to be on Upshot, so I don't know why it's an imprint. <laughs> we talked about that a little bit last I time just we covered one of their books. Every single one is on this imprint. So there must be something they're doing with like just AWA that we are not privy to yet. I don't. The people who are in the AWA know, maybe I don't know, but I know we've talked about this before. They call their issues episodes. Yes. They release them in like series forms, and then the trade they consider to be like the season. And so then the season is is there. I so we <laughs> we have a troubled past with AWA. Um, they had Bad Mother. Yep. They had the Grendel uh, book that you liked a lot, which yep. I always want to say Grendel. Um, so they have some like actually like some this 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 season of this recent run of AWA way good. When you look at the names attached to AWA, you're like, oh shit, these are people I like, and they're all authors that we like, including yep. Peter, Peter Milligan. Peter Milligan, man, wrote this book. Do I have to tell you who Peter Milligan is? <laughs> the ever, Millie, they call him. Ever heard of Detective Comics or X Men? <laughs> He wrote a couple series that I'm like in love with and will like he to did, my grave. He did that run of Shade? Yeah, The Changing uh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Okay. That's probably his longest running book that, title that he ever did. Okay. He wrote like 70 some issues of it. Did he? If I'm not mistaken. I didn't read. Okay. I didn't realize that. And then Ecstatics was a series I loved. 
Yes. That went like 30-some issues. So good. Um, so I'm a big fan of his. When we were in the store today, we went and bought comics together to do yeah. spoiler alert for, or not spoiler, behind the curtains is the phrase I was looking for, yeah. of uh, a guy that only had big two books. He picked up the book and he goes, small publisher, but they put out some really good comics. He said that to the comic book store owner. So he believed in it. <laughs> Whatever AWA is doing, they are crossing that barrier for people. Of people like, are starting to catch on. Yeah. And and I think what they're doing, what they, I think what they said is like, people want the experience of like watching a show, like they just love shows, mm-hmm. and they want that in comic book form. That's what AWA said, and I think, and this was going through my head, that's our crux a little bit with AWA, is like that's actually not really what I want out of comic books. Yeah. I actually like this book, and we can get into it, but like what I want is what Cinegrace did. Like when I want, I want like. In, like indie shit pushing the limits i don't i just i'm not the guy who's like i just want good stories just give me good stories man just give me a good story and then i'll just i'll just love it if it's a good story <laughs> my <laughs> the thing is i'm here for like you you shouldn't tell a, a story outside of the medium it's meant to be told for like you're just if you're just seeing comic books as a shortcut to or an easier way to write a pilot, fuck off. Fuck you're, off. Write, you're writing a pilot, not a comic book. I'd say fuck off, but also it is a good investment because it, it pans out. <laughs> it does. I mean, there's something with just like having a built-in audience. I think there's something to be said when a production company or a streaming network says comic book show that immediately they're like, oh, there's going to be tons of people who don't even read comics that know they like comic book shows, and this is automatically on their radar. And that radar. is one hundred percent what they're banking. And and here's like we're doing a deep crit on uh, mm-hmm. on AWA. Both of us have design background and branding background. You can just see in the upshot and AWA logo, they don't give a fucking shit, like <laughs> about like branding and stuff. They just like want to slap a name on it and move forward yeah. and like go for it, right? Uh-huh. You know, like the 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 redesigned DC logo and in, in Marvel, those are beauty artworks. They paid firms to do that. Yeah. Here they had their like, I don't want to, I don't want to dig dig shit on AWA, but it just it, to me it, it it doesn't like speak that like they care about the high design of comic books. They if they are in a panel, I would bet they're gonna say the phrase, "We just want good stories," and that's an okay brand to have. Yeah, sure. The the good stories in indie, indie press. We so. TKO, alternatively, another publisher with a lot of buzz, does a similar thing where they're giving good creators around about five, six issues to tell a story, and then they're out. That's kind of like how AWA is. But TKO is going from the angle of these aren't going to be weekly comics. There's going to be no limit on the print run. We'll just make more of them. There's no first editions. We're trying to get you to buy the bound version because that's the best reading experience. Right. We'll sell you single issues as a collector's item if you're like a mega fan and want to have the more premier thing. But we believe these stories are best read bound in this larger format, and we're letting creators do that here. Right. And and we talked about how Vault is also like a powerhouse now in yeah. the indie world. Right. They're not, I mean, AWA knows their brand, 
and it is like comic book guy who's looking for just like the immersive experience of like like the first time they watched Breaking Bad or um you know watching I don't even know what like like oh the Sopranos like it's like you know there is a com- there's definitely a Venn diagram of that do you think it's harder to like AWA books because there's a sense that they are chasing things that are hard to live up to it seems a little like if, it if, seems a little broed out if i come to you saying i'm trying to wa- like write the next walking dead um and you read my comic of course you're going to be like oh fuck off guy who thinks he's writing the next <laughs> walking dead one issue of one comic book isn't going to be surmountable to the fandom created by like 120 issues of a series and uh mega loved tv franchise i think i think that that this podcast in general has a very low tolerance for disingenuineness well and and for not like being real well especially because first issues are like our thing yeah and we're focused so much on like reading so many new stories every single week i know we cover two every week but we read an insane amount a crazy amount and then choose two to like talk about and, but. And, and the other thing about like awas is that in the back of all of them they basically tell you how they thought of it like a script and like mm-hmm. the they talk about it like a movie and stuff and i think like that's fine to do and that's i think it's important to do in some ways because it translates but it it also doesn't it's not the art form <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a little bit out of like whack with it yeah so well, yeah, we went. We could have just been reviewing AWA in this. Uh, I know we could have. Should we even get into the book? Uh, I'll say that Aco is the artist. Aco, I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, he's done. He, she. I don't even know. Sorry, I gendered it. They, they have done work for DC and Marvel. You've probably seen that name. Great artist. It might be an acronym. Like uh, I bet it is. Yeah. Um, but in any case. This book is about a lone vigilante who can inject life experiences into his veins, essentially. And then he uses those experiences to gain a strategic edge against his targets that he's going after. And I think the key here, the underlying thing is that like it's a it's a hero who's very dangerous, whose power is empathy. And that's an interesting perspective on that. And em- empathize. So he can, like, in- he essentially is injecting a way to be the most empathic to them. And be- he's just a giant empath. So, yeah, the thing is, is that he-, he puts himself in situations throughout the comic book where he could probably just point a gun at and shoot his victim, uh, victim. Or, or target. Target. Or, yeah. Target's a better way yeah. to put it. We also, I also don't have much perspective on whether I like this main character or not. I don't know that he's like, I don't know really his motivations or whether he's a good guy or a bad guy. Um, taking advantage of somebody and showing them like fake empathy based on having hijacked their life experiences is very fucked up and cruel. Like, I would much rather someone just shoot me in the head <laughs> than come at me with all my insecurities and walk me to the edge of a cliff and get me to take a dive because of my um, perceived shortcomings about myself. Like, that's fucked up. 
It is. I mean, this this book essentially, and I think it tells you it. It's the Born Identity, or it's James Bond, but instead of using like prowess or like sneaking around or uh, I don't even know strategic military yeah. ops, it's they use empathy right. as their like like way of killing, and that in and of itself is like a that's a fun book. Yeah, and it and it was like fun to read. But it's it's in some ways it's also just a fun concept to talk about. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> I like being an empathic person, uh-huh. or I hope to uh, strive to be that. And maybe if I had to murder people for hire, yeah, th- it would literally be the only thing I could fall on because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not gonna be physical strength. I like to see that they used multiple people. Like he had like not a target, but like a middle person yeah. that he also took advantage of to ultimately get to his target. Mm. And that was fun to see him preying on that person's um, life experiences as well. This is a value buy book because there is a lot in here. A lot of words, a lot happening. It was a lot. And for something that was so, I guess, high sci-fi is the way I'd put it. Um, thriller, maybe? High sci-fi thriller. Yeah. Like, um, it did seem like a lot. I It, it probably could have... They probably could have spread that across a couple issues, and I would have been like fine with it. At times, it felt like reading uh, a script or like a, a stage play. And ex- our main criticism of AWA, I think a lot of their comics, for me anyway, have tonally kind of felt the same. Mm-hmm. That they're just cramming a lot of story in just so you get the idea of this world of building for a TV show. I mean, Peter Milligan himself hasn't like explicitly said this about this book that I know of and maybe some of the past books that and creators interviews we've read on AWA books are leading us to make this assumption about every creator who publishes on AWA but at the same time I'll say we've read a lot of Peter Milligan books and this didn't read to me like a Peter Milligan book I wouldn't have guessed in a million years this was one of his comics no, it was a little too like straightforward to be honest. Like it it wasn't like funky and f- like fun. It was kind of just I think the funky and fun was like the obtuseness of the character development. Yeah. Like you know like a lot of that funky fun went into just being like what a weird ass comic. What and, a what a concept. Yeah. And even like I love this idea of thinking like okay, and he explains it in the author's notes which is actually kind of fun to read. He was like, okay, uh, an assassin who is empathic. Well, how is he going to get that empathy? He injects part of their, like, DNA, like, that he has to acquire, like, saliva into him, like mm-hmm. a dope, like a dope fiend. That experience was cool and fun to look at. It, lo- yeah. it looked interesting. Mm-hmm. So that was a good, I guess, plot-solving t- device. Right. I don't know if I'm not going to, I don't know if I'll stick with it. Uh, oh, I, I, I'm not, but I don't. I'm not gonna bash it either. Like I, I, I think that somebody could totally enjoy this. I yeah. think that if you like like action thriller sh- shows, like this is perfect for yeah, you. You're gonna and, and there's a lot here, a lot to do. It was not a bad comic in any way. Yeah, it just was like maybe not our cup of tea. But. Right. And 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 we even say that sometimes when it's like we're just trying to be light and be like, oh, it, it, but it's actually not a good comic. Here it's like honestly, this is like seriously not a bad comic. No, and I'll say if this was like a light period for me where I just wasn't. I didn't have a lot of ongoing series I was already buying. I'd totally pick up the next issue of yeah. this. Which is, you know, we shit on AWA for a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's like, honestly, this 
Bad Mother, and then Grundle. Grundle uh, County is that what it yeah, was called? Yeah, Grundle County. Something yeah. Like that. Um, they actually like have some hits there, mm-hmm. so they're they're working it. Upshot. <laughs> Sorry, Upshot. I don't mean to. D- I know that like all the people that work at AWA and that are at Upshot, they want me to say their actual company name because they have a whole division yeah. over there. So I'm sorry, AWA Upshot. Give me a reason to differentiate <laughs> AWA, and I'll start doing it. All right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in for another week. We love you, baby. If you yeah. can't handle this ending and you need just more, 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 more. We've got a Patreon you can run over to, and we do, um, on average, about an extra episode a week. Yep, we're going to do at least Champions number one by Al Ewing this week. Yes, the uh, Outlaw event mm-hmm. just started, so we wanted to check that out. So we'll be talking about that one this week. Yep, stay sane, stay good to yourself, and uh, stay reading comics. Sayonara. See ya. This has been another episode of First Issue Club. We are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. Our music is provided by Primary Color Music. We are recorded in KCUR Studios. You can find us, rate us, friend, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, and your favorite listening platforms at First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T.